And um, yeah, first of all, I'm I'm the owner of uh, Buy the Dutch. Uh, Buy the Dutch is uh, is a brand we started in the year 15, 2015, with the idea to um, to spread more knowledge about spirits with the Dutch heritage. So that are um, you can consider that uh, as spirits strongly connected to the history. So it don't have has to be a Dutch spirit, but it can be. Uh, from another country, but um, connected to the Netherlands and the history of it. Um, so basically, uh, what we have within By the Dutch are a few products. Um, we have a Geneva, we have a gin, we have two Batavia Arak, which are basically rums from Indonesia. We have some cocktail bitters and we have an advocate liqueur. And that is what we are promoting in approximately 23 uh, countries uh, in terms of export. And I can congratulate you because you recently won uh, two awards, one of the Open Spirit Challenge in the US and the other one was the International Wine and Spirit Competition um, by the UK. Um, so congratulations. Thank you. Uh, spirits, yeah, well, you have an, an um, uh, let's, I think best is to go to the present presentation that you have. And for me, is also the main question is what makes your rum uh, so unique? If you talk about uh, Arak um, and producing a country in Indonesia. Yeah. So, well, basically, thank you for the congratulations for um, the IWSC and the Ultimate Spirits uh, Challenge. We are quite happy with the acknowledgements and the awards. Uh, it basically means that we are on the right track in terms of uh, of taste profile and quality of our spirits um so yeah basically uh, but what makes batavia arak uh, unique um i think we need to to go um a little bit back to to uh, uh basically to indonesia and uh, the east indian trading company uh, basically before the dutch came to indonesia in 1610 uh, approximately, the, we already found distilleries uh, on Java Island, and they were run by uh, Chinese and local people on Java Island. So we found out about this unique spirit, which uh, was distilled at that time from different raw materials, so coconut rice, um, palm leaves, and um, and also sugarcane. Uh, we found out about this spirits and we basically um, exported it to Europe and more specifically to Rotterdam and later Amsterdam. Um, so what is uh, Arak? Arak, or uh, more precise, Batavia Arak, is a sugarcane spirit from Indonesia. And the name Batavia is relating to the city of Jakarta. And Batavia is a trading city or was a trading city and they were basically structured by or the city was structured by uh, by the dutch at that time to have an efficient port uh, Arak is a category name Arak in arabic speaking countries is translated to either sweating or condensation so Arak can be made from different raw materials you can see Arak as a category name uh, rather than, um, than than just one specific spirit. So Arak 
can be made from um, from palm, coconut. You have the coconut arak from Sri Lanka, for example. You have the palm-based arak from different uh, countries, and you have the rice arak, and you have, um, of course, the sugarcane-based arak from speci specifically from Indonesia, Java Islands. And then you have another type of arak, which is different spelled, and that is found in countries like Lebanon, Turkey, uh, with varieties as raki or um, arak made, made from grapes, aniseed flavored pasties. So you have a, an, um, an, a wide spectrum of uh, different araks, but the combination Batavia arak is referring to sugarcane uh, molasse from Java Island, Indonesia. Okay. And um, I can show you a picture of the trading city of uh, Batavia at that time. Let me see if I can show that now. Oh, yeah. So that will pop up in your, uh, in your screen. Yeah. You can see Batavia here um, with all the ships on the shores here before mm -hmm. Batavia. And um, and uh, and it was this was basically uh, a picture made in 1681, where you can see how how the channels and all the trading houses were located. Um, so yeah, that's basically uh, why Batavia Arak is such a unique spirit. It might be one of the oldest sugarcane based spirits you can find um it is predating pretty much um a lot of other countries where they are making rum um and it is basically uh teached by the chinese before the dutch came to indonesia so um and that's making it special also in production wise which i can tell you a little bit later in the presentation maybe yeah. Okay, so, um, but at the same time, Batavia Rock is uh, also quite challenging um, because it is a new type of product. You can get on market or in the market, in the spirits industry. Uh, it is a niche within the room category, and that makes it a bit difficult as well because it needs some explanation. Some consider it as a rum, some others don't. Uh, you need to educate. And the final consumer, but also bartenders and other customers about the history of this spirit and how it was connected to, uh, to the Netherlands, which is a lot of fun at the same time, um, but it takes a lot of efforts. Yeah. Okay. Um, can we dive a bit in? I think in your presentation also will demonstrate that the, uh, uh, like you said, the process, eh? if you look at the production side, what makes it a bit different than you get, let's say, sugarcane molasses rum from the Caribbean, for instance. Yeah, so basically that's, it is starting at uh, the fermentation process. Uh, I'm not so sure, but I, I, I think you can see the open fats here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, where, where fermentation is, uh, is going on. It is as a wild fermentation. Um, and this fermentation is kickstarted or boosted by a certain yeast, which is grown 
on rice. And they are adding this, this yeast to the fermentation, basically to, to give an, a boost to the, to the fermentation, fermentation process. Uh, this is quite uh, unique. It is creating different esters and flavor compounds uh, within the Batavia Arak uh, spirit. And it sets us apart from, from the traditional rums. Uh, so, and then secondly, after fermentation, the pot stills, the copper pot stills used are from Chinese origins. So the pot stills in the distilleries on Java Island, they were introduced by the Chinese before the, the Dutch came to Indonesia. So these are a little bit different of sh in, in shape. Um, and that's an, a second uh, factor creating different flavors or other flavors than you're used to. And then the third part um maybe i can include a little chart here as well um is basically the resting time or the aging period uh, after desolation because what the tradition is in indonesia after desolation of batavia rock they are letting it rest down uh, resting they are laying it down to rest in teak wooden vats they are old vats make from teak Teak is a, a, a species of wood which is found uh, in basically next door uh, at, at the, the, the tropical uh, areas in, on Java Island. Um, and this is a type of wood used to let Batavia Arak rest for a period between, let's say, 6 to 12 months, depending on, on the quality, quality uh, the master distiller wants to accomplish. And after that resting time, it is shipped to um, to the Netherlands. And when you go back a couple of centuries back, you basically uh, you can imagine that shipping was done by by sailing, um, and the transport method was um, in barrels, in butts. And they the butts were, I believe, it was uh, five hundred sixty three liters uh, per butt. And that was also made from teak. And you have to imagine that the, the shipping time is basically months. So the Batavia rock is moving around in that butt for months. So when, it's, when it is arriving in, in the port of uh, Rotterdam and later Amsterdam, you, have a, uh, you, you basically can expect an heavily matured uh, Batavia rock. And that was uh, co basically causing uh, around 1700-1750 Batavia um, Rock as the most luxurious spirit at that time. It was priced even three times or four times higher than a cognac in a punch house in London and two times the price of a Jamaica rum or uh, any other type of spirits. It was a luxury pro luxurious product basically due to the, to the maturation uh, I, I believe uh, is it maybe one of your dreams to um, uh, go to Java, uh, go on a sailing boat, have a few of these ten barrels, and then sail to Amsterdam again? Uh, that would be uh, that would be quite nice and very sustainable as well, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, that would be that would be nice if I have the time to do that. That would be good to uh, to, uh, to to do that in a sailing boat boat. Uh, might be a bit dangerous as well, but uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, well, yeah, you have to, depending on, yeah, if you have to go to the long, 
Cape Horn and then go up, or you go to the shortcut. But that that's more dangerous, I think, also in terms of maybe pirates, etc. But yeah, uh, I know that one aquavit in uh, from Sweden. I think they, they do that. So the 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 go they uh, sail around the world as part of let's say uh, maturity, and then after that bottling, and they've been doing that since the inception, two hundred whatever years ago. But that's that's still part of the uh, the production process or the quality um, uh, for centuries now. Yeah. And, uh, the other in the rum category, you have of course the uh, three ombres rum um, yeah. uh, that focus on let's say sailing as a method to reduce CO two, etc. But also as an effect, uh, the barrel, the aging uh, uh, takes a different effect, of course, um, when uh, sailing across the, the ocean. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how how do you put let's say then? Uh, because, it, like you said, you're uh, Arakrum. Uh, some people consider it as rum, some people don't. Um, how do you consider yourself then uh, by the Dutch uh, Arakrum? So we, we communicate um, both of them. Um, if you look at our packaging, um, I'm not sure if you can see it in the screen, you can see uh, on the front label in, in, in bold letters, in yeah. simple letters, Batavia Arak. So that's our main communication uh, channel or name for our product. But then in the corner, uh, you can find Indonesian rum as well. So if you look at the culture and the production methods and the history, we consider the product as a Batavia Arak. However, it is still technical and legally uh, considered as 100% sugarcane molasses products. So it is a type of rum in that sense. So culture-wise and historical-wise, we would say it is a Batavia rock. Uh, however, it needs a little bit of help to categorize uh, this spirit. And that's why we are communicating that it is an Indonesian rum on the front label. If that makes sense, at least. I, okay. I, I, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, so basically I would say, and then looking back at what you told me about sailing and um, sustainability, I would say that, uh, that, that that should be a priority for, for, uh, for brand owners and uh, for distilleries uh, to, to basically to make the future of, of rum uh, a sustainable future. Uh, in that sense. So thinking about different methods as, uh, for example, shipping or um, the bottling or uh, circularity of, uh, of materials needs to be uh, considered as a priority, I would say. Yeah, that's definitely uh, one of the topics uh, we, um, we, we, uh, we have on our list in our company as well. And, and then sourcing rum from Indonesia. Uh, from these very old distilleries uh, and, and probably maybe uh, older than some of the Caribbean distilleries with, which claim that they are the oldest rum distillery in the world, right? Um, how, how does it go in sourcing? How does it also work? Because uh, alcohol for consumption in Indonesia is uh, banned, eh? it's illegal. Maybe some places, tourist related, Java is, is more, maybe a bit less, or Bali is a bit less restricted. But still, how, how do you deal with that? where uh, alcohol for consumption is, let's say, produced behind closed doors. Nobody, everyone knows, but nobody really knows what's happening. Um, 
uh, and then produce a Batavia arak. Yeah, correct. The, the distillery is located on Guava Island. Uh, they are indeed uh, very, very, very old. Uh, but nobody... Con no, that's not true. They, they consider themselves uh, not as a distillery uh, towards the, the world, basically. But they consider themselves as a medical company, as a pharmatical, uh, pharmatical company. And that's because of their license they have with the government. Um, they are not allowed to produce alcohol for commercial purposes. So it is indeed closed doors. It doesn't look like a distillery from the outside. Um, they don't have their own sugarcane plantations. They are, the, 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 the sugarcane is sourced from local agents, from local farmers, from different, uh, from different channels uh, within Java Island, of course. Uh, and the distilleries are basically a, ph a pharmaceutical uh, pharmacy uh, company. Uh, that's a bit weird and makes it very difficult to source um, because they don't have a visitor center. They don't provide any support for the category. Um, for example, if you if you look at Kasasha, some say that Kasasha is a category on its own. Some say it is a type of rum. Either way, Kasasha, they, it is a commercialized category. Well, Batavia Arak is not a commercialized category. It is considered as a medical product in um, on Java Island itself, where the producers are located. So. The, there is not a possibility to join forces and to promote the category and to share knowledge uh, in an open, in a public way. So, yeah, we do source it um, from Indonesia, Java, Java Island, with the use of of of, uh, of ENA Share located in Amsterdam. Um, uh, but that's basically. Uh, all we can all, all we can do we cannot source directly we cannot go there and to visit the distilleries we cannot take clients or any consumers or bartenders to look to look at the production site and that makes it very very difficult yeah and maybe it's a pity because then uh, in one way you have some countries uh, uh, for me if you look at uh, Portugal and Madeira Islands Madeira is producing uh, sugarcane and, and rum and they are also um, a few years back started with the geographic indication yeah, as special rum coming from this island having these criteria uh, and that would be maybe also an usp for um, indonesian rum or uh, arak uh, to promote itself as a special category like kashasa uh, having that geographic location as well being on the island of java and and having these so as an additional usp yeah uh, uh, let's say for the for the consumer market um, what about support from partners? If you look at your 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 value chain, uh, how how do you engage with your um, uh, one hand? You have your suppliers at the distillery. On the other hand, you have your partners um, down the value uh, value chain. How do you work with them? So we work uh, with our partners. All our partners are basically um, um, sitting there for the long run, um, and basically what what we um, what we ask from our our partners is to to be transparent, to be open in what they do, um, to understand the full supply chain uh, from the start to the end, 
and we do ask about the full supply chain. Um, and on the other hand, um, we we also work with uh, with a bottling company and producer who are basically making the final product. So we are trying to organize and to level with all our partners um, in in an, in a quite uh, intense way. Uh, but we do we are quite demanding at the same time because we we ask a lot of questions about different subjects, uh, child labor, for example. Um, how they are treated? What is what is the way the, the wage? Um, how they, do they get paid? Is it enough? Uh, what are the circumstances at the production facilities? We do ask questions like that, and we get answers on that as well. Um, and so we are trying to monitor that constantly, yeah. especially when talking about uh, yeah countries which are difficult to uh, to travel to and to check it yourself. Yeah. Um, if you look at uh, the element of, um, of storytelling, uh, uh, you, I think you, you gave already a, a brief introduction on that, on the storytelling, on um, um, uh, educating consumers about uh, Batavia Arak. Um, also looking into craft brands, um, uh, with the two prizes you've won. Um, uh, what are your lessons learned around storytelling, introducing a new brand to the market? Yeah, I think storytelling is uh, one one of the key elements for a brand owner. Um, by storytelling, you share knowledge, you share education. Um, so that's basically uh, a priority for us. Uh, it is one of our pi pillars within our brand, actually, to um, to educate and to share knowledge. So that's basically considered as storytelling uh, as such. Um, and basically, um, yeah, going back to your question, um, I would say that more brands should consider storytelling, uh, act more transparent uh, towards the consumer, because I think there, there's a lot of, it is lacking at the moment in the industry to be transparent about certain production uh, informations or um uh about talking about sugar in rum or uh talking about other marketing terms which should not be on the label uh or other things which should be on the label and i think what what our message is to other brand owners is don't hesitate and just make sure that that you are not tricking the consumer and just write as much as possible on on the on the packaging because that's helping the full supply chain and the full industry uh on the long term of what your product is what can they expect um and and how how is it produced where is it produced and um is it is it sustainable uh, is it organic and yeah that, that should be uh, a priority for brand owners and and producers and for yourselves, for your business, how do you find the challenge to strike a balance then between, let's say, your peers, your competitors, the consumer interest to know more about a sustainable craft distiller, uh, and price? In the end, you have to sell the product. Uh, but you want to have A, a quality product, B, a more sustainable product, uh, but then you're not the only one. So how do you... How do you what do you, how do you manage that? What is your lesson learned in that element? Uh, 
Um, basically, we are in um, the brand by the guy is is having products which are placed in a niche uh, category within within the the industry. So, for example, within the rum category, Batavia Rock is a niche. So we we have decided not to compromise on a couple of items. Uh, so we don't compromise, first of all, on, on quality, and we don't compromise on uh, on other factors such as um, information on the label, for example, uh, and our communication towards the consumer. However, sometimes you, we do uh, need to find a balance between um, uh, cost prices for certain items, uh, let's say glasswork or labels or um, or other items uh, uh, which are uh, included in the pricing when you are looking at the product. But uh, we do not compromise on uh, on on two items. So. Um, yeah, and if a consumer is not willing to pay a certain price for our product, I would say that it is not the right time for this consumer or it is not our consumer, I would say, yeah. Uh, can you show the bottle again? Because it, we were in split screen uh, just now when maybe uh, now we have a large screen. So maybe you can show the, the, the winner, one of the winners the, of the, by the Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. Is that one? Yeah. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, so when you look at the bottle, you can see, um, first of all, uh, this is a tall bottle. Uh, we have chosen this type of bottle for two reasons. Uh, one, the, the, the weight of the glass is uh, a little bit lower than our uh, other uh, bottles, which is saving some uh, some some uh, some CO2, CO2 uh, better for the footprint. Um, on the other side, this is a type of bottle which is more helpful or handy for a bartender. Yeah. And on, on the top, you can see the rope uh, wrapped around the neck. And this rope is uh, basically done by hand. It is about two and a half meters of huge rope. And the rope is symbolizing the period uh, where sailing boats came in from uh, from East India with the East Indian Trading Company, and they were unloading uh, barrels of Batavia rock with spices, uh, which went to the distilleries to distill Geneva. And barrels with Geneva were uploaded on the boat to export to different countries. So, this rope is a kind of symbolize a symbol for the period where where the, the trading companies were coming in with spices and Batavia rock and were sailing out with Geneva. Um, and this rope is wrapped without the neck, without any type of glue. It is a, a certain knock uh, which is tied to the neck of, um, uh, of the bottle. And this is done in a social working place in order to support um, and, uh, uh, workers which are uh, not able to find a regular job in that sense. Yeah. And um, yeah, we have a lot of fun with uh, interacting with uh, with them in that uh, in that uh, sense. And you won a ninety six points in um, um, uh, the the ultimate spirit, ultimate spirit challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was two months ago, right? Yeah, it's about three four weeks ago. Um, the third week of July, I would say that this uh, was released, and this is a, is a type of spirit uh, competition 
which is very well known in the in the USA, I would say. And um, I believe that from all the rums tasted at that competition, we were placed uh, at number four or something, very high. So we are quite happy and, and proud on uh, on the outcome of this this uh, this competition. Um, so yeah, very glad about this uh, acknowledgement. No, congratulations again. Um, for you, what, then winning these prizes, um, if you can go back to your main screen and then, then I can see you in, in, in full. Um, what is what is the moonshot now for by the Dutch? What's the next on your plate? Sorry. What's the next? What's next on your plate? What's your next challenge or ambition or dream? I yeah. call it moonshot. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Yeah, I would say that our moonshot will be to um, basically uh, to export our products to approximately 50 countries where we can share our knowledge about the Dutch craftsmanship, but also about the spirits uh, we we know from our from our history, and basically to to be out there and to tell anybody in the world about the craftsmanship and the and and the, the knowledge we have here in the netherlands in terms of desolation and the history of desolation and um so we would love to to interact with with uh, with much more different uh, consumers bartenders in different countries different corners of the world and um, and of course there will be some more products um we we are currently looking at different products uh we are looking at historical uh books to find out where we can find more information about products which were quite connected to our history and i must say there is a lot to choose from and there's a lot to choose from so um by the dutch will be in the end in the year i think in five years time ten years time will be a brand with a full portfolio of proud spirits and and uh, other alcoholic beverages uh, strongly connected to the Netherlands. And and, and with, with uh, let's say the COVID-19, do you also see then a consumer trend that is shifting, you know, like uh, people drinking more at home and uh, doing uh, home cocktails, etc. that you say, well, that is also part of the future. The COVID-19 will not be gone, uh, everyone says, so it, it's here to stay. So we have to also interact with that, or maybe with a new type of recipe uh, or with your current spirits that you can play into that market. Yeah, so, um, COVID-19 has forced uh, people to drink at home, um, to be more creative at home, where a normal consumer is basically uh, making cocktails with two ingredients. You can now see um, consumers who are taking a next step, uh, more out of the box kind of ingredients. Um, and, 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 and then by the Dutchess, of course, um, uh, a candidate for them to to try and what we do via our social media is to explain them in a simple way how they can use our products what our product is how they can drink it uh, we try to keep it simple it's not always easy um, but we are sharing a lot of cocktails and we think it is uh, it, it is it is it is a new development uh, home bartending it was already uh, there and is still popular and it is rising and you can see it in more and more countries. It was basically starting in the US to the UK, but now you can see home bartending from different different countries. 
in different countries. And uh, that, that will be an increasing uh, a type of, uh, of uh, consumer behavior. Yeah. Um, based on your experience um, um, within the wrong category and also the gym, but um, what are, let's say, if, and if you look at the platform of the Sustainable Rum Summit, uh, what are maybe some lessons or, or key obstacles or challenges that you have that you say, well, I would love to hear from others how they handled or they solved this in this element or this problem? Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely be very interested in, um, in, uh, in, in some brand owners who are, or not only brand owners, but also uh, some players in the rum industry who are uh, thinking about next steps to make uh, rum more sustainable. Um, and I would be very interested in, especially in, uh, in companies who are actually trading in, um, in rum, especially bulk rum, how they will uh, interact with their distilleries and with their suppliers for the future, how uh, they will make sure that it will be sustainable and traceable uh, to understand the full supply chain, um, to have a responsibility policy. Um, so I would be very interested in, uh, in having a better understanding in their in their plans for the future and how they uh, how they are organized at this moment and what kind of questions they ask to their suppliers. Um, to whom would you would you pass on, let's say, the baton uh, for a next speaker I could invite for um, a sustainable rum summit interview? Uh, who in your mind you say, well, that, that's a interesting person to speak to, interesting leader, innovator, top of your head. I would say um, I will pass it on to um, to ENA Shear. Uh, that is a main player in the rum industry, based in the Netherlands, and they are supplying so many different brands in the rum industry. So they are definitely a key player um, who are, I would say, uh, to be considered as an interesting party to speak to. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um... Any more comments or last um, last say that you want to put out? The last word? I would say that uh, the subject you are bringing on and uh, and the movement you are trying to introduce um, is will definitely be a topic for the future. And I hope that uh, that many many brand owners and producers will uh, will will think about uh, this subject. And um, there will be in the end kind of platform where people can interact about this subject and uh, i hope that will be uh, accomplished somehow